Michigan is the one that takes the initiative to suspend Jim Harbaugh. So he's, after all, at least for a couple games. Uh, Michigan also switches a player's position and two PFF analysts who, if you are longtime watchers or listeners, you know very well, predict Michigan to win the national championship. We'll talk about it all on this episode. Locked on Wolverines. You are locked on Wolverines. Your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Monday. We are back and doing it. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Wolf, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And today has been a busy day as far as news coming out, right? So, uh, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about Reese Atterbury's apparent switch to defensive tackle, and a couple PFF guys uh, picking Michigan to win the national championship over the weekend. Uh, but first, let's talk about the the biggest matter at hand, and that is Michigan has decided that it was going to go ahead and get ahead of the NCAA uh, violations ordeal and suspend Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh for three games, not four. But three. Now, rumor on the street is that the NCAA wanted more, right? They wanted more like six or a whole season or all that kind of stuff. But Michigan said, you know what? No, we're just going to we're going to do three. So um, I'm assuming hoping that they're they're hoping that they're going to get some goodwill out of this. Right. To to be able to because that, that's kind of usually how these things work, particularly with secondary violations. Uh, which this is a, they're considering it a primary, a, a, a first degree situation because they feel misled because he says he doesn't recall. And clearly, I mean, if, if the NCAA had actual proof that he didn't recall that he was lying, this would be done and over with, but it's not. Uh, so Michigan put out a release earlier today. Uh, this was first reported by Chris Ballas at the Wolverine. Uh, but, uh, then Michigan Gab this release really said the University of Michigan Athletic Department today announced that it is self-imposing sanctions in an ongoing NCAA matter related to its football program. Included in the self-imposed sanctions is a three-game suspension for head coach Jim Harbaugh to be served during the opening three regular season games of the 2023 season. The sanctions are in addition to previously imposed recruiting restrictions while the ongoing NCAA matter continues through the NCAA process. Today's announcement is our way of addressing mistakes that our department has agreed to in an attempt to further that process, said Ward Manuel, the athletic director. I don't want to do the whole name there. Uh, we will continue to support Coach Harbaugh, his staff, and our outstanding student-athletes for the NCAA's guidelines. We cannot comment further until the matter is resolved. An announcement of an interim coaching appointments will be made at a future date. Um, I mean, I, I would imagine you can say it's going to be Sharon Moore, right? Like, who else is it going to be? Unless they're suspending him, too, but they didn't announce that. I mean, he, he was rumored to get a one-game suspension. Uh, so Jim Harbaugh has also, through the through a team spokesman, offered a statement. It's literally a sentence. I will continue to do what I always do and what I tell our play always tell our players and my kids at home. Don't get bitter, get better. Uh, talking to some of the players today, which is why we're doing a 6 p.m. plus uh, Monday episode normally we we try to do these earlier and we'll start doing them earlier during the season once we get on a normal schedule but uh we talked to some of the players and they all said the same thing they they actually said don't get better get better and 
one of the things that they had said. The other things that they had said were like, hey, you know, it doesn't really affect us much, right? He is available for practice, uh, just not in the games. So what does that mean? Right now, I don't think it means anything because I, I don't know that it's going to satiate the bloodlust that the NCAA has for this case, to be honest. But I think it's wise for Michigan to get ahead of it just in case the NCAA finds that it's put adamantium in its spine for no reason at some point midseason. Or honestly, if you can get through this, because you got to remember next season's schedule. Now, granted, a lot of this stuff is going to change, right? It's not going to be, it, it's not going to be, I mean, the non-conference is the same. It's really the conference of it all. Uh, let's see if I can pull this up relatively fast here. I mean, I don't know if Michigan has a place to, okay, future Michigan schedules. They, they changed their website, so um, it won't affect, I mean, they got Fresno State, Texas, week off, Arkansas State next year. Fresno State is August 31st. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily a week off, right? They might have a, a conference game in there because uh, August 31st, to my knowledge, is just the typical start week of the year uh, uh, next year, I believe. I don't know. Maybe we can, we can, can we look it up real fast? Yeah, that's, that's, it's the typical start. It's the week, Labor Day weekend next year. So it's not like they're playing week zero against Fresno State. I Those are three, even the two non-conference games, or I mean, they're all three non-conference, but the two group of five games, Fresno State has been a pretty good team. Arkansas State has had its moments of being a pretty good team. So if I would rather he take this suspension now when Michigan's got the the talent to do it. They can go out there and absolutely dominate with you or me head coaching try to get it out of the way I'm, I'm curious as to why Michigan decided against Rutgers probably because they see Rutgers as more of a threat than any of the other ones so <laughs> might as well be as lenient on yourself as possible and hope that the NCAA says you know what we're good you know I think we're good uh, but um, considering the future schedule as it currently stands was certainly could change and will change to some degree I'm sure I mean, 2024, it's Fresno State, Texas, Arkansas State. Yeah, you don't necessarily want to have him suspended for any of those. The next year, New Mexico, whatever. Oklahoma, at Oklahoma, yeah, I probably want him for that. Central Michigan, the next year, Oklahoma again. Uh, UTEP is in there. They've had their moments as well. Uh, and then uh, at Texas, at Washington. Uh, so... I would say, yeah, get your ducks in a row now. Get this over with when you've got the team that can deal with it. Plus, I think it does have the added benefit of having the team maybe a little bit more fired up, right? Like, this is the result of NCAA being ridiculous. We need to make sure we go out there and play for our head coach. I don't know that they need a heck of a lot of added motivation, but I do think it helps to have some added motivation. Especially through a lot of this grind. I think this is honestly... All of this is kind of, I don't want to say win-win, but in some ways it might be. I, but I guess we'll have to see how the in-game coaching goes. This could be Sharon Moore and or Jesse Minters. You know, it could, could be their audition. It's kind of like what happened for Ryan Day in uh, 2018. So I'm, I'm assuming that that's what that's going to be. 
All right, let's let's move on because I, I think that, that we've plowed this ground a lot in general. So he's got his three games. What more are we going to say about it? Uh, I do think we should talk about this Resataberry stuff. We should talk about PFF. We have time. We'll move on to some ESPN stuff. If not, we'll do that tomorrow. Uh, but uh, we'll get to all the things that we can today. Before we do that, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you've got the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's where LinkedIn Jobs comes in. That's why you have to check it out. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And guess what? Super easy to find yourself in their portal, creating your job posting. It's so easy that a caveman can... No, I don't think I can do that. It's so easy. It's just so easy. Uh, so once you do that, add the purple hashtag hiring frame and uh, letting everyone know that you are indeed hiring. It helps you spread the word. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills, experience, and all of that so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Just like Michigan has dipped into the transfer portal to find its Ernest Hausman, its Ladarius Henderson, its Drake Nugent, you can dip into your own transfer portal and find the right person to bring in to help you win your own company's national championship. That's the power of LinkedIn Jobs. That's why small businesses write LinkedIn Jobs. Number one in delivery, quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the best qualified candidates and they help you do so faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown college. LinkedIn.com slash lockdown college. Terms and conditions do apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's continue on. We have uh, plenty to talk about here, uh, especially because I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off on Friday with press conference, and I don't even remember what else. Hence, no Friday. Friday episode was supposed to be Saturday, and then we had I was doing the same thing on Saturday, just not with the press conference. I don't remember what I was doing, and then Sunday was just the day of the Sabbath. We just we just rested. We did no work whatsoever, and uh, it was everything that I thought it could be. Um, anyway, so let's, let's discuss, uh, Reese Atterbury was pictured. Uh, I believe the tweet went out this morning from Michigan football and, uh, some eagle eyed viewers might've noticed that Reese Atterbury considered to be one of the 12 ish guys that could start, uh, on the offensive line at any point, uh, was playing on the defensive line. So that was news because he's not someone that was, mentioned at all as being that guy. Normally we hear about these things, of course, but uh, according to uh, Kenneth Grant, who we spoke to this afternoon, that uh, this was done about a week ago. Here's what Kenneth Grant had to say. He came into the room, what, like a week ago? That's it. That's all he said. No, I'm just kidding. He's doing really good. I think he said he played D-line in high school, but he's already moving up on the depth chart. He's doing really, really good. He's just learning. He's very smart in the meeting room. He knows 
the concept of the defense and how to run the defense. He just has to work on little things technique wise. I think that's interesting because that just adds extra to what Michigan, you know, Michigan's offensive line is significantly deeper than the defensive line, right? The defensive line, I think we have a lot of high expectations for, but yet when I look at a lot of different things, I'm not seeing like AP all Americans and everything. Chris Jenkins is probably going to be, you know, a first round draft pick. And yet, you know, he's not a first or second teamer preseason All-American at defensive tackle. Uh, he's not uh, on ESPN's top 100 list. Uh, but yet we look at Chris Jenkins and a lot of other people look at Chris Jenkins and say that's insane. He's certainly got that talent. He's got a lot of things. He might not be that big, big, big name, but he's still really, really good. So... Um, but you've got him as the proven commodity to some degree, but yet not getting the accolades yet. There's a couple guys there that are only semi proven that people are excited about Rayshon Benny, Mason Graham, the aforementioned Kenneth Grant, Cam good is a guy who keeps on getting mentioned. Uh, and then Jim Harbaugh even mentioned uh, the three freshmen, Trey Pierce, you know, Etta and Cameron Brandt. So, I mean, while it seems like a lot of depth, it's not a lot of proven depth and Reese Atterbury of senior, who, you know, behind uh, Trevor Keegan and Zach Zinter, probably not going to see playing time. This is a quick way to get on the field. So I think it's a really smart move. And uh, because it's one of those things like he knows what the game of college football is like. He's played in some tight spots. I believe he played a bit in the Nebraska game two years ago. Uh, he's, he's had some moments where he's had to get into the game. He, he's got some experience. Might not be as, as heavy as some others. But they've always spoke very highly of him. He's just he's been behind a lot of different guys and they've moved him a little bit. He was supposed to be the center of the future. And then they made him a guard again. So th there's a lot, uh, a lot there to try to figure out. Uh, but at the same time, I think he's he's really figuring out. I'm also distracted by Zuri, who, by the way, as I was uploading uh, audio to the AI thing. I put Zuri outside just for like 10 minutes. Just put her out on the chain. Like, I better go check on her. Go out the back. And I, I just see a collar laying there. She had slipped out of her collar. So, uh, thankfully, she was two houses down. I don't know how long she had been over there, but I was having, I'm still having a mini heart attack here. So, hearing her just makes me happy. And anyway, I digress. That that's the that's the second time that something crazy like that has happened. The other one was uh, a couple weeks ago. Sarah came over. And we're saying hi to each other and everything. And and uh, she comes in, sits down. I go get her a coke from the fridge and you know, just give it to her. I sit down. I'm just sitting there, and it's like we're talking. And I'm like, I don't hear the little pitter patter of. Like, why is, you know, Zuri would normally be jumping on her and stuff. I'm like, wait, where's, where's the puppy? Where did she go? I go outside and she's just standing at the front door. Like, thankfully there's no trains because that puppy wants to chase a train so bad. Uh, so thankfully again, thank the Lord that there was no train. Anyway, I digress. That's why my, my, my mindset wandered there for a minute because I'm hearing her in the other room just doing whatever it is that she does. Um, all right, we're back to Reese Atterbury. I think it, I think that this is. This is the best way for him, a guy that has been highly spoken of, a guy who has a lot of potential. I know he's a three-star from Colorado, but Michigan, you know, Michigan's had pretty good 
pretty good recognition. I think he's the type of guy that if it wasn't for all the transfers, if it wasn't for all the depth, you would be starting and everyone would be fine on the offensive line. But I think that when you look at position switches, Michigan, Jim Harbaugh has done a really good job when it comes to being able to move guys like that, right? Done an incredible job, especially lately. Now, we'll find out if Amarian Walker is a guy that works. Kalel Mullings, I, I know people are upset about the college football playoff, but, I mean, he he did help you out on the, at the running back position uh, in the last two other games, right? Ohio State, I mean, he threw a pass, an incredible pass everyone loved. That's uh, a Luke Schoonmaker. No look, just was out there going Kobe. Uh, and then obviously ran for, I think it was a two-point conversion in the, or might have been a touchdown. I think it was a two-point conversion, though, in the uh, Big Ten championship game. But so far, so good there. Obviously, you got guys like Mike Saint, Mikey Sainer still to address it. He wants to be called Mikey, right? Or that is his name, M-I-K-E, but it's Mikey. That's how it's supposed to be said. Uh, we just learned that last week, by the way. I know we've called him Mikey here and there, but it's not it. That's actually his name. He doesn't mind being called Mike, though. So we'll probably still oscillate between the two. Um, obviously, great position switch if for no other reason than the one play. But he did a lot more than the one play against Kate Stover in the Ohio State game. Jabril Peppers played a multitude of positions, right? Like we've seen a lot of these players move. Chase Winovich played a multitude of positions before he settled in at defensive end. So it'll be interesting to see because usually they've got a better track record of these things working than when they don't. We'd all like to forget about Ben Mason being in, being a three tech, but I'd rather have more big bodies that can come in and cycle through because on offensive line, you're not going to be cycling through. This gives him an opportunity. I, I, I think it's great. Let's move on to the next matter at hand, and that is PFF and who they think is going to win the national championship. Spoiler alert, it's Michigan. We'll talk about that in a moment. All right, this should come as probably only light surprise, but Max Chadwick, who appeared on this very show some time ago, I mean, it was early as I had moved in here. So it was at least in April. I think it was probably sometime in April. Uh, he had come on and, and, and said, listen, I'm a Penn State fan, but I've got a million things to love about Michigan. And I think Drake Nugent's going to win the Remington Award trophy. I, I think that Michigan's going to beat Ohio State again. I think that uh, Zach Zinter is going to be the first offensive lineman to win the Heisman Trophy. Okay, he didn't say that. I'm making that last part up. The other two things he did say, I believe, if I remember correctly, I don't remember what happened to clearly Friday, Saturday, and half a Sunday, but I know some of these things he said. I'm pretty sure he also had said at that time, listen, I think Michigan's going to win the national championship. You put that in writing, though. Because it's one thing when you sit here and you say it. It's another thing when you say, yeah, that's, I'm going to go ahead and put that out there for all the world to see. Instead of just people listening to a hyper-local, hyper-regional uh, podcast, right? But he joined another guy who, if you've watched or listened to this show at any, any length, then you've seen Trevor Sykema, Tampa Bay Trey, come up here and say, Different things about Michigan throughout the years as part of our PFF crossover. 
Now both of them are saying Michigan's going to win it all. Max Chadwick has Michigan beating Florida State in the final. And uh, Trevor Sikama has Michigan beating Georgia in the final. I'd rather I'd rather Michigan play Georgia and win oh, the caveat and win <laughs> um, than than Florida State. But I mean, either could be exciting. Um, you'd like to get some revenge about the 2017 game, even though Michigan did not care to be there at all. Well, 2016 game actually. You'd you'd much rather that. But anyway. Um, I, I, I think that's interesting. What I also think is interesting is that he neither had more than one Big Ten team out there. I think that's kind of surprising. It's just kind of given how people think of Ohio State and how people think of Penn State. I, I, with Penn State right now, I, I just feel like they're a lot more challenging. But people are talking about Penn State's offensive line. Like, oh, that's one of the best offensive lines in the country. I don't. I want to know where that's coming from because that has been the constant weakness for James Franklin. I think people are looking at Olufashunu and saying, yeah, it's because of that guy. You're only as strong as your weakest link. As far as what I saw in the Penn State spring game, still looked to be an issue, right? Still looked like it was an issue. Ohio State's having all sorts of problems, apparently. Reports, you see it on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, of uh, just offensive line not really kind of coalescing quarterback battles still Ryan Day was supposed to name a starter hasn't yet apparently they've underwhelmed but Devin Brown has been uh, a bit better than Kyle McCord but it's just it feels like a team like the way that they're being spoken of that it kind of feels like when when a team like that ends up not being that good. I feel like Ohio State will go out and look really good against Indiana, look really good for the first couple games, and then face Notre Dame. And now I'm I, I would have I said like literally a week ago to somebody, like, oh, they're gonna get they're gonna go out there and throttle Notre Dame. Now I'm not so sure. I don't know that I want that either because I just don't want Notre Dame to win because I don't want their heads to get too big either. I still root against the rivals, folks. <laughs> I still I still root very heavy against uh, the three rivals. I do. I can I can take the Michigan fandom out of me. Right? If Michigan if if Michigan loses week one, whoa. I'll be completely I'll be like, all right, cool, whatever. I mean, I won't be completely cool with it because that will make covering the season a lot less fun. But the rivals, I still want to see the three not do so good personally anyhow um but both of them picked picked uh michigan is the only big 10 representative both of them picked michigan to win the national championship if you have watched or listened to a lot of these pff episodes they've had some prescient thoughts when it's come at least to michigan Anthony Treese used to come on here and be like, listen, Michigan, coming off of games in which everyone's freaking out about whatever Michigan, coming off of what, it was a Rutgers in 2021, everyone's freaking out, and he's like, well, Michigan's going to go in and beat Wisconsin. That's happening. I think it was earlier than that because people were kind of getting wise to the fact that maybe Wisconsin wasn't as good as people thought it 
it was going into that 2021 season. It was looked at like Penn State, Wisconsin was for battle for number two best team in the Big Ten. Um, but Anthony Treese said at an early spot, like, listen, Michigan is going to go in and throttle Wisconsin. That's what's happening. That's what's up. People are like, what? No, that's that's ridiculous. They go and do exactly that. He's like, you know, listen, I think Michigan might be the team to beat in the Big Ten. Everyone's like, no, it's got to be Ohio State. Who ended up being right. Trevor Sikama's given similar insight. Max Chadwick, who we've only talked to once, super high on Michigan. They've got a track record at PFF, at least on this show, for coming on and saying things that a lot of people might think is ridiculous at the time, and they end up being accurate. So... We'll find out. They play games for a reason. That's basically the motto of this show. But I, I, I still I look at, at the field, and it's like, yeah, some teams are going to rise up that no one thinks about. That happens every year. Some teams are going to underachieve greatly. That also happens every year. Ohio State feels like the one most likely to be that kind of Clemson of the last couple of years, right? Like where it's like, oh, they're they're still good, but they're not going to win a national championship. Some of the teams are, they are who we thought they were. Michigan just feels like they are who we thought they were. I feel like there are a lot of teams that are not known commodities that people feel are known commodities. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. Maybe, possibly, Alabama hasn't been full Alabama in the last two years. Georgia is basically turned over the bulk of the teams that have that won the, the championship at least two years ago. And lost your starting quarterback. We'll find out if Carson Beck named the starter if he ends up being that guy. Texas. A lot of people are loving to pick Texas right now. They've got a ton of talent. Texas has often had a ton of talent. Difference is probably the quarterback situation. We'll, we'll find out if that has turned out to be as good as advertised. Florida State, are they there? I don't know. Max Chadwick seems to think they are. Man, they had one good year after having had a lot of not good years. I don't know if they're back or not. LSU, maybe. A lot better than people thought last year. They were still like, what, a four-loss team? So Michigan is the most stable. That's why I bring up all these other teams. Michigan lost the least amount. Well, they lost a lot, but ultimately are bringing back the most returning talent. And it's fun when you go down those lists of, you know, you see the Big Ten Network. Oh, they got seven returning starters on offense. Well, they actually have more than that. Because some of those guys started half the season, started the tail end. They have the starting experience. They might not be day one starters from a year ago, but they were starters. Then they bring in a bunch of other guys who were starters elsewhere. A.J. Barner, Ladarius Henderson, Drake Nugent, Miles Hinton. Other side of the ball, same deal. You have guys who have starting experience. They might not have been day one starters like Michael Baird ended up being a starter by the end of the year, but it wasn't necessarily a day one starter. Right? But they bring in an Ernest Houseman. 
They bring in a Josh Wallace to bolster that group. Michigan's the most stable of everything. For me, it's Michigan versus its own mentality than anything else. Stay humble, as that's always the smart and important thing to do. If you stay humble, don't think of yourself as all of that like they thought, we, we thought going into that TCU game. They have a chance to do some big things. All right, that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back on Tuesday with, uh, we'll talk about some e- things that ESPN said. They've got a bunch of different preview article type stuff here. Uh, hopefully we won't lose Zuri this time. Zuri, you want to come and say hi on, to the people on the video on the podcast? Look, she's got her collar back on. If you can see that. And uh, it's a little less loose. Not choking her still, but a little less loose so that the puppy doesn't get lost again because that was a scary moment, wasn't it? Yeah, she doesn't know. All right. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Peace. Peace.